0: Isn't it great to be in a place that is alive and active? Like I just sat there during worship going, we are so blessed. God's presence is here and he is alive and active and moving at Pathway Church. And if you're here in person, you know it. If you're online, I'm guessing you can sense it too. We are so thankful for what the Lord is doing. And in this series, Gifted, we're discovering what is the uniqueness of you Who are we? Who did God create us to be individually? What does that mean in community as a church? So let me just start by asking you that question. What makes you uniquely you? What makes you who you are? How would you define yourself? Is it it by a job? Is it by a relationship? Or is it by who Jesus Christ says you are? the identity he has for you, the calling he has, the the sense of giftedness he's given you. You see, when Jesus came, he came to give us life and life abundantly. And yes, that's eternal life, but that's also abundant life here on earth. And that life that he gives to you and I is beyond anything the world can ever offer us. Many of us search and seek and we fill our lives with all of these other things. When Jesus is saying, hey, follow me, because I've uniquely crafted and shaped and created you, he's given you talents and gifts, he's given you something that he wants to use as a part of his larger kingdom. To follow Jesus is to realize that that he says, my church, the big C church, the global church, is a church for all people in all nations, amen? That all are welcome. No matter how broken you've been, where you've come from, you're welcome. In addition to that, he, as, he, as we come into relationship with him, he says, I'll put my Holy Spirit in you, and that will give you some gifts. And we want to be a part of a church, Jesus' church, where all the gifts are active. And then, then it's clear that those gifts have power, not just when we gather in a room or online like this for 90 minutes or so, but they have power out there. When you're walking with Jesus, when you're living your life Monday through Saturday, right? There is a power that God gives us. Now, as we get into this today, you may be going, okay, what what does all this mean? Well, first off, the series itself is is an overview. It's a primer. It's an opportunity to hear about the big picture, but also to realize what the spiritual gifts are. Some of you, that's new. Some of you, it's not. But but here's what's interesting. When we looked at spiritual gifts assessments, things that create and raise awareness, there's actually 19 biblical gifts in in the Bible, in the gift list. You could look them up, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Romans 12, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, and 1 Peter 4. There's a couple there in verse 10 and 11. So 19 total Most assessments that you and I have been handed and have used over our lifetime have 16 gifts. There's three often missing. Those three will be a part of what we're looking at today, what are known as the power gifts. They're gifts that often have been dismissed or denied because there's some bad history and experiences with them. Anybody? I mean, on one hand, you you would have people that say, cessationists, that the gifts were meant for the early church and then stopped after the first century. We don't believe that, church. You need to understand that. And on the other end, you would have extreme charisma or charismatics that that, that maybe have, have taken some of them and have got away from keeping it under the authority of Scripture and the order and way that God designed it. And in both cases, what often happens is because of our history, because of bad experiences, we get afraid and we begin to deny or dismiss, and that can even lead to ignoring sections of scripture. Some of you may know about the Jefferson Bible. One of our presidents had faith, but he had faith in what parts of the Bible he believed in. Thomas Jefferson, you can look it up, actually had removed large sections of his Bible, things that he couldn't connect with or resonate with, things that he couldn't believe, and and he was left with a lot less than what's actually in the 66 books of the Bible. Some of us may have been tempted because of either extreme to do that in our life, and we're a church that teaches the Word of God. So today, we're going to get into the Word together, and we're going to cover some ground. And I believe it's going to bring us alive in new ways, create an awareness and an understanding of our brothers and sisters, maybe an awareness and understanding of a gift that God's given us. I want to remind you, throughout this series, we have a gifts assessment and an opportunity to sign up for our next workshop. If you go to pathwayvb.com slash gifts, you can sign up, I'd encourage you to do that right now. Which means you might not hear what I say for the next 60 seconds, and I'm okay with that. You have my permission. Get distracted if it means that you're going to get into this assessment. Amen? So as we dive in, there can be moments and times where we've seen it, maybe in the body, done in a way that, that, that wasn't right, or maybe a gift used in a way that hurt others. Let me just show you a funny clip. Uh, somebody trying to do what they're supposed to do, but, but making a mistake. This is from TikTok. Let's go ahead and play the clip. one, One more time, just because, right? Watch closely what happens with my man's timpani. What do you call that? I don't know. I should have looked that up. Watch the percussionist. There you go. Maybe you can relate to a moment where you tried to do something for someone or use a gift or a talent and and you you meant well, but you just slipped and made a mistake. Uh, Here's the thing. There's there's three foundational principles that will hopefully help us as we continue to walk through this series. Uh, And we're going to pick up the first here because there is a reality that sometimes we need grace and space for the gifts to grow in love. So the first principle, a foundational principle for using the gifts that God has given us is that we need to provide grace and space for the gifts to grow in love. Here's what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility. Say humility. So important with these gifts to operate in Humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. Verse 15 and 16, same chapter, says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We need to have a grace and a space to allow people, to allow you, me, others, to explore their gifts, to develop their gifts. That means that we're not always gonna get things right, and we need to be careful not to dismiss people when they're in the process of wanting to grow in their gift. Maybe you've had a moment where you made a mistake or a slip up, and, and you felt all of a sudden people were just casting you aside. What we see scripturally is actually where to be in an environment of grace where there is the space for every gift to operate. It's interesting, but when somebody has a gift of teaching, just use this as an example. So, so 20 years ago, my first time speaking in front of others, I grew up with a, a fear of public speaking. So uh, until 19 or 20, I was afraid to death to do what I'm doing now. That's the grace of God. That's a spiritual gift in operation, because I wouldn't have chosen this. So when I got up 20 years ago, God did something in that moment. But there was also an environment of people that were willing to say, He just did that for the first time. And we're going to have the grace and space to walk with Him as He learns how to use His gift. Amen? And that would be true not just to the gift of teaching, but we need to do that to all the gifts. Secondly, in working in our giftedness and in the body of Christ, we are dependent on God and interdependent on one another. You see, you can't fully use your gifts apart from the body of Christ. We're dependent on God to use the gift, but interdependent on one another. Let me show you this scripturally, Romans 12, verse three and five. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, pride check, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. You do not have all the gifts, you're not Jesus, and you never will have all the gifts, which means we all have different functions. We don't compare, we don't compete we unite for the greater good. Amen? And so he goes on to say, for as in one body we have many members, the members do not have all the same functions. So we, though many, are one body in Christ in individual members of one another. It's amazing what happens when we learn to have an interdependence. Depending on the Lord, Depending on him to empower our gift, to connect us, but also realizing we need one another. Several decades ago, there was two students in a law school in Chicago, uh, Overton and Kasmowski. They're known, and you can look up the story, because one was blind, one had no arms, and by God's providence, their freshman year, they ran into each other in a moment where one of them said, let me help you down the stairs. Because Mouski helped, I believe it was Overton, down the stairs. And they realized that while one could see and one could not, while one had arms and one did not, that actually together, they could accomplish more. And literally, Overton was the top of the class when he graduated. When he was given the honor, he said, I've got to share this honor. I don't know if he used the word with my brother, but... That's basically what he was saying with my friend. Because they carried books, they guided, they read, they studied, and they used what the other had, and what they did not have was filled in by what the other had. Can you see, church, how this is supposed to function? There are a lot of gifts that should be active in the church and and be used in a way because of our interdependency, our love for one another. Now, in addition to that, third principle, all of the gifts... All of the gifts are meant to flow from our relationship with God and they're fueled by his love and power. So while we'll talk about categories like love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts, every gift done apart from love, scripture would teach us is a banging symbol and a clanging gong. It's a waste of our time. All of us are meant to do what we do in love and we're meant to do it connected to God in abiding in his power. Let me show you this scripturally. And again, lots of notes today. Go to pathwayvb.com/slash FYI. Do I sound like a salesman? Because I'm trying. They're all there for you. They're all there for you because you can't possibly keep up with everything on a day like today. We got some ground to cover. So, John 15:5, this abiding, this relationship, here's what it says: I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is. it is he that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're exhausted, if you're burnt out, that's your verse today. To realize that in our strength, we can do nothing apart from him. Secondly, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So it's the relationship with God. It's all of the gifts, no matter what your gift is, being done with love. And then there's a power that God promises to his church to his followers. Acts 1.8, he's getting ready to ascend. He says this to the disciples. He tells them very clearly, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's saying, listen, my church won't just be another gathering. It won't be another club. It won't just be another organization. It's a living, breathing organism empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that in everything we do, we have the ability to bear witness to who God is, to his goodness, because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. We often miss this. We often miss what's available. And yet he says so clearly, it's ours. It's there because of his Holy Spirit. John Thompson, an author who's done extensive writing and teaching on spiritual gifts, says this. He says spiritual gifts are the only guaranteed place of power to do ministry. So while we're all called to be fueled by his love, connected to him, and empowered, one of the reasons we miss it is because we aren't operating and flowing in our spiritual gifts. That actually the spiritual gifts, when you know what yours are and you begin to use them, that's where we experience the power of God moving through us. Things that we thought we could do He suddenly says, oh, let me show you what next level looks like, honey, or sir. That literally, hey, I I just got to tell you, there are many moments in a message where I'm going to just check if you're still here. That was one of them. You better believe that wasn't in my notes. But I'm just like, I'm going to see if they're still listening. I'll say something silly and see if they respond. I'm glad you're still here. (laughs) So the three categories, I've mentioned them already. Let's look at them very quickly. Love gifts. We looked at them last week. If if that's you, go back, listen to it, learn, sign up for our workshop, lean into it. Manifest the love of God in practical ways. The power gifts, which we're going to look at today, demonstrate the power, presence, and reality of God. People see something that shows them that God is real. Third, word gifts clarify the nature and action and purposes of God. So as we lean into this and look at these power gifts today, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul, will pick up in verse 7, says this to the, to the church then and now. He says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance, of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these, say all, all these are empowered By one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Let me jump to now verse 27, and we'll lean further into what some of these power gifts are. Some were mentioned there, here you'll see them again. It says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, Administrating and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Now, if you read on in chapter 13, I've already read the first three verses. The more excellent way isn't about the gifts, it's about our love the love that God wants us to operate in. But as we look at these today, if you're taking notes, the power gifts are given, verse seven says, for the common good and advancement of Jesus's church. That all of the gifts are actually for the common good and the advancement of the church. And so we want to see all of the gifts active because they help us be healthy, mature, and unified and be who he called us to be. They also help the church grow in advance. So the nine power gifts that are mentioned there, here's what they are, and then we'll go through them. Uh, Prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment of spirits, healing, miracles, words of knowledge or words of wisdom, and faith. Half of you right now are super excited. You're like, oh my goodness, like, yes, we're finally talking about this. The other half of you are scared to death. And I need to assure you that what we're looking at is the Bible. We're looking at how to live and function as the body of Christ and to be biblical in what we do. So so that means not chaos, but order. Not confusion, but peace. So let's go through these and look at these. Together, and I'll have to move quickly because of time. Prophecy, this is little p on purpose. Uh, on the previous slide, you saw that. There, there are actually within the Bible, there are prophets. They're canonized in our scriptures. They spoke directly for God, and we've put it into the word of God. That is different than the gift of prophecy, which would be a little p prophet, somebody who has a gift. And that gift still needs to come under the authority of Scripture and under the authority, the delegated authority of the body of Christ in whatever local context that gift begins to emerge. That's very important. All of these gifts are meant to be done in alignment and submission to Jesus and to the authority of the church in which it is residing. Does this make sense? Okay, so here's the definition of prophecy. Speaking God's truth primarily for the community regarding their future. God often will say, hey, here's something to be aware of. Here's where you're headed. This is a gift that, again, we need to be careful to allow for people the grace and space to learn how to use it. And you need to know, there's, there's actually a prophet in the New Testament, Agabus. In Acts 11 and 21, you could see him. Now, what's interesting is his prophecy that he gives. If you actually look in the book of Acts, Two-thirds of what he prophesied was right, and a third ended up not coming true exactly as he said. In some environments, we would say, you're not a prophet, never speak again. But he's in our Bible. What does that mean? It means that we can't expect everyone to get it right always, but we'll still lovingly correct, teach, bring it under the authority of Scripture. Does this make sense? Hopefully that sets someone free. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, and abstain from every form of evil." It's powerful. Again, an overview today. Second gift. We'll look at tongues and interpretation of tongues. Praying in a language understood only by God for personal growth, except when another is given the interpretation at the same time for edification of the church body. Now, this is incredibly important to understand because any time I've taught on the gifts, this is the one that I need an hour or two with. Okay, So here's what I did, pathwayvb.com slash tongues. No joke. There is an entire one-page biblical teaching waiting for you right now. Because I don't have time to cover it all, but we cover it all in our workshop. We cover it all as well on this link that will give you some of the highlights. It is a gift given to the body of Christ. Yes, in the book of Acts. It was for direct interpretation of the gospel in multiple languages. Yes, that is true. But after Acts chapter 2, it was a gift given to the body that was primarily used for personal intercession, but with interpretation was actually for the edification of the body. And both gifts, think about it this way, they can't just be all individual. Because how would you know if you had the gift of interpretation if you're never allowed to be in an environment where the gift could actually be used? So what does that mean? It means in smaller environments, connect groups, life groups, classes, prayer meetings, that we need to be open, grace and space, to allow people to begin to use and explore their gifts. If there's an interpretation present, praise God, now we can discern if it's for the edification of the body. That means it has to be checked with leadership for that local body. But we also can create room for these things to begin to be explored, because it is a gift given to the body. Now, a few things very quickly about that gift. Tongues is not a sign of salvation or spiritual maturity. Did you hear that? It's not a sign of salvation, biblically, or a sign of maturity. 1 Corinthians twelve one through 3. Again, pathwayvb.com slash tongues for all of your notes. Secondly, a gift we should be open to receive if God so chooses. Who are we to tell the giver what he can or cannot give us? If we're really surrendered to the Lord and open, we'll receive whatever gift he wants to give us, Amen? amen? Thirdly, it's a gift primarily for intercession, again, unless there's interpretation, which now then it could be for the body. That is something that hopefully we can be more and more open to in conversations and see where God has gifted and what he has for us. The next one is discernment of spirits. John Thompson, who I quoted earlier, says this. He says, It's the special ability that God gives some members of the body of Christ, which enable them to know with assurance whether a certain behavior is purported to be of God, is in reality divine, human, or satanic. Ooh, church. Did you know we live in a world where there's human power, there's demonic power, And then there's actually godly power. And and in that, this is such an important gift in the body of Christ. Because somebody with the gift of discernment is going to recognize what the source is. And this is critical in a body, especially a body where it's growing and multiplying. Think of it as as a, a great example would be like a power cord. Somebody with this gift can discern what that power cord is plugged into. And trust me, if it isn't the Lord, we don't want it here. Amen? Amen. And so this is a very, very important gift and something that we need to be open to that allows us to understand where and what something is deriving its source from. Healing is the next one. Bruce Bugbee says this, it's the divine enablement to be God's means for restoring people to wholeness. You see, God's heart throughout Scripture is restoration, it's wholeness. Uh, There's actually a word in in the Hebrew, shalom, which is not just peace, it's God's wholeness. Everything is that ought to be, nothing wrong, nothing broken, nothing missing. This is what Jesus is returning for, is to give us complete shalom. Well, there's people with the gifts of healing that actually can, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, have just a supernatural gift from the Lord to pray and believe for healing, for restoration, for wholeness. If you've ever experienced somebody praying that way and that gift moving, you know it and you haven't known what to say about it if you didn't grow up in an environment that believed it. Anybody? Y'all, we gotta get free to give God glory, to tell our testimony. There are moments where God is and does wanna heal. And I gotta tell you, I often will pray for healing for people. And at the same time, say, you still need to walk out the medical process. Every medical person in the room said, amen, pastor. Right? So so we pray and believe for healing, but we also know that the Lord has uniquely given doctors and nurses and surgeons the ability to heal as well. And so it's a both and, but we need to believe that God wants us to pray and have faith that he can heal. A few years back, um, my grandmother had a thoracic aneurysm. She was actually uh, given uh, just a few hours to live, then it moved to a few days, the family came into town. Uh, It was actually uh, one of my children um, who prayed uh, that grandma would be healed, that it wasn't time for her to to pass away. There was a moment in the room, as I'm listening to to my child pray, that I also saw the doctor and, and I remember saying, I'm checking with the Lord. Lord, what do I do? Do I help prepare my son? Now you know which one, my bad. <laughs> I was doing so well. I, do I prepare him for the, the loss that could be coming and to prepare him to grieve? Or do I let this ride? Do I let this play out? He will tell you today that he did nothing in that moment. But all I'll tell you, Is week after week, month after month, grandma kept getting better. The church kept praying for her. It was so weird, you guys. We'd put a prayer request up for grandma online and she'd like it from her hospital bed. (laughs) Today, she's 92 years old, living with my parents and in the best health she's ever been. God can and will and often desires, and we just have to believe. We have to believe and allow people to use the gifts that God's given them. The next one is miracles. Dr. Bobby Clinton, he says this about miracles. It's the releasing of God's supernatural power so that the miraculous intervention of God's power is perceived and God receives recognition for the supernatural intervention. We had a moment about a month ago where Pastor Eleanor got a hold of a number of us because her son uh, didn't just have COVID, but had an underlying health condition that was exposed and amplified by COVID. They ended up rushing him to the hospital. He was in ICU. He, he actually had diabetes and was in a diabetic coma. As he's in that moment, the doctor is coming into the room and is ready to incubate and to place on a respirator. And the family, Eleanor, said, no, we need, we need to pause, we need to wait, we need to pray. And, and she has a gift of faith which we'll get to in a minute. God did a miracle. He was in church a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm telling you, he may be here right now, I don't know. Um, but we got permission to tell this story. That is a miracle. Because when the doctor said, I'll give you a few minutes, he came back into the room, and suddenly Tanner was awake. And he said, okay, we don't need to incubate. A few days later, he's, he's being released, Ten days later, he's at work. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's miraculous. Our God can do these things. Can I get an amen, church? We're almost there with the power gifts. The next one, words of knowledge or words of wisdom. Here's a definition for you. Both gifts are under his ongoing control of the Holy Spirit who enables both or enables those whom he has empowered. If it's a word of knowledge, it gives you information you wouldn't otherwise have. Wisdom provides practical insight for people's next steps in their personal journey. This morning, I'm reviewing my notes and I'm realizing that, oh my goodness, that's that's how my wife and I have operated for years. That she actually has a secondary gift, which is a, a word of knowledge often. Well, she'll just know something. And and, and some of you just are like, oh, I ain't ever talking to her, right? (laughs) It's not like that. It's not like that. It's never for judgment. It's never for shame. It's always because the Lord wants to do something to help set somebody free for the next level, Amen? amen? And so that's what a word of knowledge would be. Hey, there's something I think the Lord is showing me or saying. Does this make any sense to you? Can I pray for you? And often it'll go back to somebody's something in their past, something they may have forgotten or suppressed. But the the follow-up one is then the word of wisdom. It's connecting the dots and saying, hey, here's here's what I think your next step is. And often that's something that the Lord gives me as a secondary gift. It's a word of wisdom for people. So again, we want to flow and function in our gifts as a church. The last one is the gift of faith. See, Peter Wagner said this, the gift of faith is a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to discern with extraordinary confidence the will and purpose of God for his work. Now, here's what's amazing about this gift. Somebody who has the, we're all called to have faith, right? Hebrews 11, without faith, it is impossible to please God. <laughs> 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 I just sit and stare for a minute like you do? Sorry, I shouldn't do that, but now I know you're still here. We're all called to have faith, okay? But some have a supernatural gift of faith. And I love what one author says. It's like when that gift is present, it's like oxygen entering the room. It just allows you to breathe and to to believe for what God has. There's actually a, a man in the 19th century, often when faith is talked about, his name will come up. George Mueller was a, a missionary that was in England, Bristol, England, actually. He started the Ashley Orphanages. He served thousands and thousands of orphans. He raised, by today's standards, tens of millions of dollars, but he never once asked anyone other than the Lord for anything. It, it, there are stories of, of them having literally having all the orphans come and sit down, you know, for a meal with no food to provide them. You imagine 300 orphans sitting there. George praying by faith, with his gift of faith. And actually, in one of the instances, uh, they got a knock on the door. It was a local baker who said, hey, I don't know why, but God told me to bake you bread and to bring it here today. Then another knock a few minutes later, and, and it's the milkman. And, and he says, I, I don't know what to do, but I have 10 barrels of milk and my tire just broke right in front of your orphanage, could you use some milk today? You see, when you have the gift of faith, which by the way, George Mueller's upbringing, he was not a Christian. If You actually get to know his story, you'll realize that this faith was not something he grew up with, something God gave him. Church, I cannot wait to see what the Lord is going to do as we begin to operate and work in the gifts he's given us. There's word gifts, we'll get to those next week, spoiler alert, love gifts, and power gifts. And my hope is that we are the kind of place that says yes to learning how to operate in those and to be the people God has called us to be. So three questions to close here. Next step questions. Do you know your spiritual gifts? Maybe for you, you're realizing you took an assessment a while back that had 16 and not all 19. Fill it out, pathwayvb.com slash gifts. Take an assessment that has all of the biblical gifts. Secondly, are you using your spiritual gifts in unity with God and with others? And I gotta tell you, power gifts, if you have those, that will be your greatest challenge is to not see it as a negative to come underneath the authority of the body of Christ you've been placed in to actually do it in unity and humility. It's a beautiful thing when it's done well. But if you have these gifts, it may be your greatest challenge. Third, how can you use and or encourage the power gifts to help fulfill the mission that God has given us? That's a mission to love God and love all people in our pathway, right? And we need the word gifts and the love gifts and the power gifts to do this. I'm gonna pray for us. And then we're going to have a time to respond. Whether this is your gift today or not, hopefully you now can begin to understand your brothers and sisters a little bit more and to see how it could be biblical. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our Lord and Savior. You're also our model for living and for leadership, that you actually operated in the power of the Spirit. And so, Father, we want to be in step with you. I pray during this response time, if there's anything that we need to lay down, if our heart has been hard or resistant to you, to the body of Christ, or to even the gifts that you want to give, Jesus, soften us and open us to receive all that you have because we know that you are a good, good Father and that through your Son, Jesus, and through the Spirit, You have good gifts to give us. So, Father, be with us now. May our hearts be open. May we receive all that you have in this season and walk humbly with you in unity. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You need to move. Will you stand up? (laughs) Sorry, you're like, whoa. Whoa, Pastor. Pastor. Ezekiel 36, 26, God gave this to me a couple days ago. Actually gave it to me because my, uh, one of my children was, this was the memory verse at Master's Academy, one of our ministries here at the church, amen? And as they're reciting this for their class and working with dad, I'm like, oh my goodness. This is what we need to be reminded of today. See, in Ezekiel, this was a big P prophet. And here's what he said, I will give you, God said through Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. So we sing this next song, come Holy Spirit, my prayer and my hope has been that we would all say, if my heart has been hard or stony, God, open it. Open it to whatever you have. Let's sing, let's worship, let's respond to him. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for doing a new thing. No matter our gift, we want you to be fresh and moving in our life. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for awakening us, renewing us to follow you. Thank you for what you are doing here. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, as we finished, there was a moment where we just blessed those that may have had love gifts, and we want to do that each week in this series, each week to say, hey, if you think your primary gift is in the power gift category, we want you to see and to know that biblically, we welcome that. We love all the gifts and all the people, amen? Amen. And I just want to ask that if that's you, just come forward. We're going to surround here and I just want to pray blessing over those that have these gifts. I know there's more of you here that may have these. Maybe you haven't felt seen or heard. Maybe you're still exploring it. Maybe it's new to you. But I want to pray over those if you're unsure, but you're like, I think I need to explore this more, you know, feel free to come forward, because I want to pray. It's a journey. Church, it's a journey. Amen? Amen. We're all learning and growing in our gifts. Let me pray. Just a blessing. I want to encourage each of you to, to lean into the Lord, to lean into the body of Christ, and to learn how to do it the way he designed biblically in unity with him and with others. So Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for all of the gifts, but in particular today, Lord, we pray and thank you that there are gifts that have supernatural power that allow us to see a demonstration not just of your love, but of your ability to overcome evil. Father, we thank you for the unity that these gifts can bring as they operate in tandem with you and with your body. I pray for each person present, whether they came for it or not, that in their gifts, you would continue to activate them in ways that would help our body be healthy and unified, that would advance your kingdom. And may we all be open to any gift that you may want to give us. Father, bless them for those that maybe have feel, felt unseen here, for those maybe that have seen it done incorrectly. We pray that today would be a breakthrough to know that there is a biblical way for these gifts to be a blessing. And we welcome you in what you're doing, Lord. Bless them, be with them. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said... Amen, amen. Before we leave, I I just want to. I'm going to actually dismiss, but then I'm going to go to our hub, which is also a prayer room after service. If any of you that are up front or any of you out here would like to talk further about the power gifts today, I'm going to be in there and I invite you to come see me. Amen? Amen? All right, church. If you're a visitor out here to the Welcome Center, we have a gift for you. You can connect now. Love God, love all people in our pathway. Be the church. Have a great week. Amen.